Hey everyone, welcome back to Not Your Average Joe. I'm your host, Jacob Yamada, and today I'm with Abigail Keenan, a talented photographer, Nike enthusiast, and a student at Brigham Young University. Today she talks about her love for shoes and cars, how she got into photography, and why we all should be entitled. Check it out. All right, Abigail, well, thank you for being with us this afternoon. Thank you for having me, Jay. Appreciate you taking time out of your such, such a busy schedule you have. Oh, yeah. While, while you're working down here and... Utah County. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. What are some of the most recent, you know, some of the projects you're working on right now that are most exciting for you? Um, I just got back from a Michigan trip with my dad where I was able to photograph the Michigan football game. Um, and that was a really fun experience just because I got to go back to his hometown um, and photograph a football team that he grew up watching. And so that was really fun. And then um, I'm headed to Costa Rica this weekend. For a surf, really? yeah, wow. for a surf camp. Oh, so not necessarily surf, surfing projects. Do you get? That's yeah, awesome. uh, I know. Well, last month I went just to photograph some friends in Santa Cruz surfing. That was just for fun. And then one of my good friends, um, a couple good friends of ours, um, organized this Costa Rica surf camp trip. And so obviously it's not a photo job, but it's an opportunity to put on my portfolio so I'm really excited to do that that's awesome yeah that's really cool yeah I mean one of the things I've always been curious about you is I've noticed you you always seem to post really cool pictures about shoes and about cars and Mm -hmm. I think you kind of have a a kind of a little bit of an interest in those why tell me about where those came from yeah so growing up um I think I adapted a lot of interest from my parents so my mom and dad both um like sports and my dad specifically really likes old cars and I think I always picked up that everyone likes old cars and then as I got older I realized not everyone is obsessed with 1960 slash 1970 year old cars on the road and so I kind of developed a habit of you know always taking pictures of pretty cars Um, and then it also comes from my great-grandpa owned um, an auto company in the 60s and so that kind of um sparked my interest to learning more about him and learning what he did for the company. But I also think having those niche industries um, or interests, I guess, is it develops um, easy conversation. So I'm able to talk to people who really like shoes or really like cars. And, you know, we can have a 30-minute conversation right away, um, even though we don't know each other. So I think that's also something that I really enjoy about having kind of these random little interests or hobbies on the side that's cool that's cool and I mean that's an easy easy networking tool right there right to have a conversation top or just something you know a lot about yeah now let's talk about photography why are you so into photography um I think with photography I'm grateful that I started at an early age and was able to kind of experiment with what I do and don't like about photography and what industry specifically I like to photograph um, and I think I'm really passionate about, passionate about being um, the tool that can help document companies online and have a visual presence online. Um, so whether that be an individual or a tech startup or an interior design uh, company or a sports team, I think everyone needs um, a visual um, spot on the internet. And I think being able to photograph and tell stories um, is what I'm really passionate about. With That's him. cool. That's awesome. And that I mean, I've, I've noticed you have a unique, a unique talent to do that so creatively and very aesthetically, you know, 
skillfully. I guess a lot of a lot of adverbs there. But yeah. how did you get into photography? You know, at, yeah. at first. Um, I in ninth grade when I moved here from California, I had to submit a poem for an English competition. Every ninth grader, and I think everyone in the middle school had to submit a piece of like a poem or a short essay. And so I submitted this poem, and with the poem, I submitted a photograph. And I got like called back, I got a letter, and I won for the photograph, not necessarily the writing. And so from there, I kind of just played around with cameras and would sell a camera to upgrade it and kind of keep building. Um, and then Lone Peak Basketball also got me really into photography, so that's kind of where it started. Well, you had a good basketball team to get you into it. Huh? <laughs> it was. It was very good. It was very fun. Um, well, a couple, you know, I've, I've observed and watched as an admirer of your uh, of your work for a long time. I guess I have some questions about some of the projects I've seen you do, and mm-hmm. want you to tell me a little bit about those. First sure. of all, the Duke basketball game. Yeah. You know, we all saw that you had the opportunity to go out and do, you know, shoot one of those. How did that opportunity come about? That was so fun. That was last January. Um, one of my friends, Frank Jackson, from high school, was able to get me a press pass, which was so nice of him. And um, yeah, I think I think we always forget that people are always willing to help and wanting to help out a friend in need and he was um, went through the effort to get a press pass and so my grandpa and I made a trip out of it he said here are two games it you know I can get a press pass for you and it was Georgia Tech where my grandpa went to school so we went out and kind of made a trip out of it and I was able to photograph the game um, firsthand in that stadium which was like a dream of mine which was so much fun and then um, I kind of made folders for all the players and they were able to download whatever photos they wanted so that was, yeah, I guess just kind of like a a friend that I had that I was able to see if he was an opportunity to ask for a press pass. That's awesome. That's kind of, I'm always kind of seeking for press passes. That's yeah. kind of the thing. That's your end, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think you make a good point um, before we return back to that story of that people are more, you know, willing and wanting to help than I think we always, than we all realize, mm-hmm. you know, all the time, right? Here you just called upon a friend who you'd, yeah. I You'd known, and you mm-hmm. keep up with them, obviously, but they were, they were will- ready and willing to do something yeah. for you. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And and not necessarily exhausting that contact too. You know, if it doesn't work out, then you, you know, you let it go and you figure something else out and you pivot rather than, you know, drying out a source. I think that's uh-huh. no one really likes that person. <laughs> so and I, I hope to never be that person. And that that game wasn't just any game right that was oh yeah that was had all these politically so it was coach k's last game before his back surgery so the press was very heightened on that and he was like under magnifying glass and then that was grayson allen's um who was kind of their star point guards first game back from being suspended it was just like all this drama in one game so that was way fun and they played really really well Mm -hmm. so that both michigan and duke has played very well when I was there so well, that, that you, makes huh? it very exciting yeah for sure that's a cool I remember seeing a shot you have a shot of coach K and it's you know it's I feel like it tells a story just in the yeah. picture right oh yeah so something I that's kind of like top five I guess photos that I've taken that I've you know looked back on it and still really appreciated it one because my grandpa's in the back of the photo which makes it really fun and then something that was just kind of fun about photographing at that stadium was I kind of had the newbie card where I don't know where to stand I don't know where to go I don't know what angles look good and so um when coach case coming out all the press is following him 
And all these guys on the left are photographing on the sideline looking up at him, which makes him look, you know, maybe bigger or, you know, this kind of intimidating guy. And I just was like, I don't know why no one's photographing him head on. And so I kind of jump on the court rather than on the sideline. It wasn't during the game, so that was fine. Like during warm-ups or whatever. And I photograph him straight on like we're having a conversation, which kind of like popped his bubble. He was kind of like, why are you so close to me? But I got this photograph where he's kind of looking off, um, and it was just kind of, I guess, more empowering for me and something that I I'm, will have forever. So I'm really That's really happy cool. I was able to do that, yeah. What a cool story and how yeah. lucky you are to have. <laughs> it was so fun. You know, you, that's better than courtside tickets to a good game. Oh, you know? yeah. Mm-hmm. Having, and, you, and you've done it for the, the Jazz too, right? Yeah, so one of the Jazz games, it was, like I said, a random contact. A friend of mine knew that I took uh, sports photos and he worked at a bike shop, and one of the guys at the Jazz needed photos of the advertisements on the field. And so my friend was so nice and gave me um, his contact info, and then I followed up, and he's like, oh, yeah, this Jazz game. And so I was on the floor technically taking photos and getting paid for the advertisements that were displayed on the court, but in the meantime, I was able to photograph you know, snap a couple of Gordon Hayward and the crowd, and that was a really fun opportunity. Basketball's, basketball's my favorite sport to photograph, just because it's so intimate, and the, it's lit very well, <laughs> exactly, and the, the weather conditions are always the same. So, um, yeah, that was also another um, really lucky opportunity that I was able to have. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we'll keep going like this. I have, and I, I'm panning through my memory Done of all the homework. really cool pictures <laughs> of you, and all of us want to know how you, how you did it, I guess, so to speak. Mm-hmm. The other the other week, you actually sounds like you had the opportunity to go in, on a heli tour yeah. of this, <laughs> this beautiful valley we have here. Tell like what exactly was that? Yeah, and how did that happen. Um, I kind of I guess to prep the story, I guess the thing that I tie in with it is I believe in the concept of ten thousand hours and how. Um, you know, if you put in your work and you build your your portfolio, you're able to give yourself a basis that you can then trust um, in your work field. So um, I kind of build my portfolio and, you know, I post certain projects and someone had, a friend of a friend had taken notice and was really kind, um, Margie, and she commented on some of my stuff. And then I was just like, oh, that means so much. By the way, like always a dream of mine to go in a helicopter because I saw that her dad had a helicopter and she was so nice and just kind of was like, hey, tomorrow morning, you want to go? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm so down. (laughs) And so she texted me, and I met her the morning of the helicopter ride, and we took an hour helicopter ride through um, above, I guess, Utah County, um, up above Timp and up above Provo Canyon. And so, yeah, that whole experience was just kind of like having a ready resume and a ready website that people are able to look at. Um, And it kind of just does your own networking for you. And I, I mean, that's not applicable in every industry because you can't really show, you can show photos better than you can show maybe business um, resumes. But I think that is some uh, a valuable lesson that I learned is to always have something ready to send people so they know what you've done and that kind of concept. Yeah, That's cool. That's really cool. How lucky. Oh, gosh, you make. You make a lot of people really jealous, I think, <laughs> by all the things, the cool things that you get to do. That's very fun. From... Your experience, you know, I, 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 I feel like I've pulled a lot of things from what you've been saying. I feel like a lot of the cool experiences you had to test the power of networking and connecting with people and just and simply just reaching out. 
mm-hmm. you know, what is, would you say that that's kind of what's opened a lot of the doors for you is, is yeah. just connecting with people? Yeah, I think I definitely get all my energy from talking to people and being around people that I care about. And um, something that does that I've tried to, that's a flaw that I've tried to turn into um, a strength is I hate small talk. I think it's, I guess, uncreative and just mundane and people just get so sick of it. And so with that, I try to um, communicate my ideas and showing how much I care for someone by asking what they're passionate about. And so I feel like we have all these tools that we're able to kind of feed through people's lives and see what they're passionate about. And so I feel like I keep up with my friends and the people that, you know, I've had great interactions with and I like to keep up with what they're passionate about. So if for some reason someone opens up about um, a trip they went on or a class that they're interested about, I love keeping tabs and keeping updates on what they're passionate about. And I feel like that, you know, flows over into networking and it kind of does its own networking in a way, if that makes sense. Cool. Cool. Well, that's a good lesson for any, all these hopefuls, hopeful photographers and and creatives out there. Yeah. Different industries. Yeah. Just talking to people what they're passionate about. They'll always hopefully open up and there's always something in there Mm -hmm. for both of you. So yeah. Abigail, what do you want to do with photography? Uh You've gotten, you've you've gotten to this point, you've done a lot of cool stuff, Mm -hmm. but the road is still far. It's yeah. an open road ahead of us. Yeah, right? that's funny that you said that because, like, I feel like I had a job opportunity open up today, and it was in a track that, because Nike, Nike's kind of um, the tunnel vision right now. So um, I don't really care what I do for them, but if I was on the Nike campus every day, I think I could one hundred percent, hundred percent say I would be satisfied. So that, Nike's always the end goal. Um, Why I think, Nike? Um, I think they've always, from a young age, I've always been um, affiliated with them with soccer and just my family's always loved them. But they were the first company to me that could, um, that was a brand that could tell a story as well. So not only did I want to wear their their shoes and their clothes to be cooler, to work out or whatever, but they could inspire me to be a better athlete. And for a company to do that rather than um, an individual was very powerful f- to me. Um, and just a story behind Phil Knight is also extremely, ins- and it's very versatile. So mm-hmm. it goes, you know, it does every sport, every country, every individual, and that's kind of something that I wanted to do. But I think, I guess, a backup plan for that would be um, something in the tech industry. I really like entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs and helping businesses start. So whether that be photographing for them or photographing for, um, I guess, the venture capitalist industry is something I'm very interested in. And so I think that's, I guess, the five-year mm-hmm. roadmap ahead. But we'll see. Things always seem to pivot, so we'll no, see. Ain't that <laughs> yeah. the truth, right? You never know you how you're going to get to your goal. Exactly. And I, that's also something I really learned about um, one of my mentors, I guess, other than Garrett G, is Casey Neistat. I grew up watching. He's a YouTuber. And he always said, no one, there's a lot of jobs that have these safe road maps that are great, but um, most of the time, especially in these creative industries, no one's going to give you a road map to the job that you want. You're going to either have to create your own job and figure out the way there, but looking back, you can always see the dots that you've connected to get where you are. And I think um, I'm a very big believer in that. And I think looking, it's very important to look back and see what has brought you to where you are today in order to um, keep moving forward and keep motivated. 
So cool. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Well, pivoting, I guess, in this conversation too, it brought me back to a thought I've had. You know, you network so much and have all these connections open up because you're networking. How do you like to network? What's your favorite way to communicate with people? Oh yeah. Um, I definitely am like. I wouldn't say grateful. I think I'm I'm happy there's social media and I think there are so many benefits to it. But I do think email is still my favorite form of communication because it's always appropriate to email someone and I think the email etiquette will always be standard. Um, I th- You can almost get anyone's email online and if you're persistent enough, someone will always, almost always answer back on email. And I think that's just a great way to... If you haven't met someone, people are just always on their computers, always checking their email. And you can email, I guess, anyone in the world. And I think that's a really powerful tool that people forget about. Um, and so, yeah, I guess that's probably my favorite way to know. I like I like commenting on, on people's, you know, Instagram stories and all that stuff. I think it's fun to follow your favorite figures in um, a numerous different platforms. I think that's very valuable. But in the end, email's always my favorite. So so outdated, but very no, that, consistent. That, that's good. That's a good, I guess, point to be made about it. That a lot of those social barriers that can come with other forms of communication yeah. can be broken down exactly. with, you know, with an email. Yeah. I mean, what advice do you have to other young professionals you know, in photography, even outside of photography? Because a lot of what you've learned and what you know applies to just about everybody else, too. What, you know... Yeah. Can you pass on to them? Yeah, um, I definitely, I'm like I said, I'm still learning about myself every day and what I want to do. But I think something that I tell people in high school or people that just ask about photography or professions in general is that just to find what you're passionate about early on. And I know that's such a broad umbrella, but um, pinpointing your, your exact niche of what you want to do and what you want to help with and essentially what you would do every day for free. I think that's a very important motive that if I didn't, if photography wasn't a good paying job, I know I would still do it because um, it's what I'm passionate about. And so I think, um, you know, taking different classes, hanging out with different people in high school, if that's what it takes, finding what you're very passionate about and what you would do every day without someone pushing you to do it is, um, I think, valuable advice that I guess I would like to everyone to know I think it's valuable to know what you're passionate about cool Abby well as we wrap up here you know I just have one more question for you kind of along the lines of what we just talked about but what is the message that you would send and wish you know want to portray to that you know to everyone else who's who's hearing this right now yeah um I think without the proper backing I think the statement of being entitled and appropriately entitled is very important So with that, I mean, I think in your profession, I think you should back yourself up with hard work and credibility so you believe that you deserve the job that you want. So I think you should find um, a vision of a job you want and work towards it and then believe in yourself that you're good enough to have that job. So I think a lot of people get afraid and say, I'm not good enough to work at Google or I'm not good enough to work at Amazon, you know, these big names and these big dreams. But in reality, I think you should be entitled um, to your skill set, and obviously that comes with humility, but I think being entitled with um, your work and your skill set is very important to help you move forward. 
Awesome. Well, that's valuable advice ever to recap, you know, being being entitled and, and really knowing what you deserve. Networking and the power of connecting with people and the doors that that opens are you know, two of the big takeaways from what, you know, Abby, you know, Abigail's amazing career so far and all that lies ahead. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Jake. I'm so excited to hear the rest. Well, stay tuned. Yeah. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Not Your Average Joe today. Be sure to check out Abigail's portfolio at abigailkeenan.com. Stay tuned for new episodes coming every Friday. This podcast can be found on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and at jacobyamada.com. Thanks.